Hello there, I'm Miranda Gretton and this is Take a Moment with NCHC, the show where we talk to you and your colleagues about experiences that affect you. Listen on your drive between patients or in your downtime, whenever you get the chance to take a moment. In this Spotlight episode, I talk to occupational therapist Jade Diaz about being on maternity leave when she received a cancer diagnosis. Welcome to the podcast, Jade, and uh, thank you for coming on to tell us your story. So tell me a bit about yourself, first of all, and, and your role within the Trust. Well, I've been with the Trust for oh, quite a while now. So I joined in October 2010 as a community occupational therapist. It was initially just for the kind of coastal team in the West, but that's now kind of joined together uh, with Kings Lynn. So that's where I, I sit. So tell me about your experience then over the last couple of years. So I went on maternity leave in, it was January, February of 2020. So just before the COVID uh, stopped the world, yes. So, I mean, that was very fortunate. My daughter was able to come and, and meet my little boy actually in hospital. So I feel very lucky about that. He was breastfed and he stopped breastfeeding in the December 2020. And then in the January, I had my first COVID jab and, you know, what it's like, you, your arm can ache a little bit. The next day, I couldn't raise my arm fully and I felt the lymph node bigger. And I thought, well, it's it's just the, the COVID jab. It's one of the recognised symptoms that can happen. Didn't think anything of it. A couple of weeks later, I then felt a lump in my left breast over a weekend and thought, ah, no, this this isn't right. And my lymph node, I then noticed, was was still up. I then, on the Monday morning, got straight through to the GP surgery. They saw me the same day, which was brilliant. And they sent me through on a two-week wait to the hospital, to the breast care unit. So that was the start of it. Um, breast care unit saw me. They obviously took a bit of a history and kind of felt felt around the breast and, and the under my arm. Because I was 35 at the time, I had a mammogram and an ultrasound, and they also did some biopsies at the same time. Then I kind of sat in the waiting room to speak to the consultant again, and that's when they said that it it looked dodgy, basically, put in layman's terms, it it didn't look right. So that was interesting because of COVID, I was on my own, and I had to drive back home. Thankfully, it's not far in the snow and ice. (laughs) Yeah not in a great place at that point because you don't know what to think like they said it was going to be two weeks for my results and obviously I could take someone with me but that two weeks were the worst two weeks of my life hands down I just I was I thought I wouldn't see my kids grow up Jade in the middle of a pandemic when you there's all of that uncertainty to then have this on top of it yeah, I just, oh, that that was really hard. That was really hard. But then when I had my appointment with the consultant for my results, <laughs> they were 40 minutes late, which I didn't know what to do with myself, whether I wanted to throw up, pass out or <laughs> what to do. I didn't, I didn't blame them, though, because if people need the time, they need the time. But it was just <laughs> wanting to get my results. So, but I went in, she was Ooh. amazing. Uh, oh, I just... Everyone has been incredible, I have to say. And the way she put things, I came out so relieved. Even though I had the diagnosis of breast cancer, I came out relieved because they said, obviously, they don't have a crystal ball. 
but they were looking at curative and that would be fine. So from that point on, I was like, okay, I can deal with that. That's fine. It's the not knowing bit when your your brain must have just been telling you the worst and, and you just can't help that. Yeah, it was, it was terrific. It was just, yeah. It, the main thing was, am I going to see my kids grow up? Your son was uh, one at this yeah, point. Yeah, while about. I was waiting, we celebrated his first birthday. And I got my results on my husband's birthday. <laughs> oh. But it was good news. I mean, it would have been better, obviously, if I didn't have the diagnosis. But of everything that I, you know, where it was, kind of stages, the type it was, it was it was the next best thing for me. So, wow. yeah, I could deal with that. So at, at this point, have you told have you told your daughter? Because obviously your son was a bit too little, but had you told your daughter anything? No. No. And to be honest, I still haven't told her the word cancer. I kept her up to date was it's a lump. It shouldn't be there. I told her that I was going to have special medicine, warned her about my hair is going to fall out and I might feel a bit rough. And thankfully, at that point, nursery, because she was at nursery at the time, nursery was open. So she was able to go. My son was able to go. So for any days that I was going to feel rough after chemo, I knew that all I had to do was pretend I had more energy just for a couple of hours in the evening. It wasn't a case of having to struggle through the day being like, yes, I'm fine when I really wasn't. But I did think long and hard about whether to tell her the cancer word. And I don't know. I don't know whether it was the right thing or not. But at the time, my grandfather had died of cancer many years ago. It's not something, it's not even a person that she ever met, but she knows of him. And that's her only experience she's had with cancer. So I didn't want her to link cancer means you're going to die because that's, it's not the case. So I just, well, me and my husband decided let's just stick with the word, the lump that shouldn't be there and, and special medicine to try and keep it on a level that she could understand. That's a really good idea, I think, because you're right. There is that the children really fixate on things like that as well and she would have just absolutely made that connection so what what treatment were you were you then put on so once you'd had that diagnosis what was the next step okay so I mean they got me to have my COVID jab my second one sooner because obviously having kind of chemo can you know change your blood values so I had that um brought forward I then started chemo I was due to have seven rounds four of more of a targeted type and then three of the I think it's like a, a general quite a nasty one I think that that people with breast cancer have so I had the four but that one of them affected my heart so yeah one of the um, targeted ones is known that it on the rare occasion can affect your heart and I'm one mm-hmm. <laughs> of course that was me so after the four rounds we then paused to give my heart chance to recover but so we didn't wait because like how long is it going to take to recover hopefully it does but how long they brought my surgery forward so I then had my mastectomy and two levels of node clearance it might sound odd but that was so much easier than I thought it was going to be was it a decision or was was that decision taken out of your hands like you have to have the surgery what was put to me was depending on how the chemo went whether they would give me the option of lumpectomy or mastectomy but from the start before I started anything I was like I want it off I don't want to mess around just just take it away like fortunately we can have 
it can be reconstructions. Um, I haven't had mine yet, so I've got I've got to wait a bit longer. But I was like, no, just just take it away. I don't want to have that dark cloud like weighing over me, thinking, you know, is it going to come back? Or um, so yeah, that was it was a, a simple, complicated decision, if that makes any sense whatsoever. And so you know, do you, I'm just thinking about obviously if your daughter were to see, you know, would you? How would you explain? Have you had to explain that to her? I told her what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah, I said to get get rid of the lump they're going to take it off so I've been without saying the word cancer I've been as honest with her as I can be that's amazing yeah she she dropped me off for for the surgery because that was you had to go in on your own as well but yeah that was okay everyone was lovely there but no in general she was all right she just kept giving me kisses and <laughs> she just kissed my prosthetic <laughs> help oh, to say bless her. she said she wanted to help it heal quicker so she yeah bless her you went up to that surgery on your own. A cancer diagnosis at any time is probably the most frightening thing someone could go through. But to have it at a time when we're living through the restrictions of the pandemic, how did you cope with that? Do you know what? I just, I don't know, really. I just did. I just, I had to do it. So I got on with it. And like my husband was saying, any other time, especially if you're immunocompromised, like I was like going through chemo and stuff. No other time would people be wearing masks and staying away from each other. Like I was actually probably pretty safe to, a, you know, to a certain degree because I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. People were basically staying at home. I mean, obviously I didn't go into any shops or anything because that would have been a bit, you know, pushing it. But yeah, it was just, that's what it was. People were going through worse. I was getting the treatment I needed, so carry on. And all the me- all the professionals, healthcare professionals, everyone was so good. There wasn't one person that you thought, oh, I wish they'd have spoken to me differently or no, everyone's been brilliant. What was it like then having that conversation with your line manager about kind of how it was going to be with work and everything? Oh, easy. Yeah. Oh, my line, my line manager has been brilliant. She's... Um, I've kept her up to date. Um, she's given me the space I needed just to kind of get my head down and, and get better and offered support if I needed it. But thankfully, my you know, I've got brilliant friends and family and and obviously the support offered by the breast care and cancer nurses and the consultants and everyone. So I didn't thankfully at the moment, touch wood, I haven't had to take them up on the offer. But, it you know, knowing it's there is 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 really nice it's a really good feeling yeah, yeah. and did you want your diagnosis to be confidential from your colleagues or are you are you that kind of tight-knit team that you you were happy for them to know about it I didn't know I didn't mind I didn't mind it's not it's not like I'm one of these people who like spreads around my kind of medical background but but for something like this no like it it, it didn't bother me at all and it was lovely you know they sent a card and flowers and things so at least everyone said that they're happy that I'm back. So, <laughs> yeah. what's it been like then coming back after after the? I mean, so well. First of all, are you are you well, like you know are you in remission? Is it gone? Are you okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got so after my surgery when I got my results, they found that the chemo had worked better than they were thinking it was going to. Like I had, I think, I think it was 0.2 of a millimeter left. So they then rejigged what I was 
or kind of redecided on what my treatment was going to be. So I didn't need any more chemo, which was amazing. I had some more targeted treatment, but how they gave that changed last April. So rather than having like a two and a half hour infusion, I had a five minute injection every three weeks. Yeah, which was brilliant. So much easier. I didn't really feel any side effects from that either. So yeah, that was perfect. And then because I was kind of borderline for radiotherapy, whether I needed it or not, they decided to let me decide. So uh, myself and my husband had a chat with um, the consultant. Oh, it must have been about an hour just over. Of the kind of <clears throat> pros and cons of radiotherapy. And I've decided to go for it because if something did happen, if it did come back, I'd just never forgive myself for not trying everything. So I had my three weeks of radiotherapy at Adam Brooks. And yeah, that was basically done and dusted because the chemo affected my heart I was under cardiology for a little while but I've just been discharged from then everything's kind of back to normal so that's good so yeah being back back to work it's it's starting to feel like I haven't been away which is quite nice you know getting back into it being productive and yeah it's good it's good back to normality wow that's so brilliant I'm so pleased and so you feel like physically well like do you struggle at all during the day or you just you just straight back into it so after my radio uh, radiotherapy that I think the travel and the actual process of it I, w- I was tired but I kind of OT to the uh, to the core I was kind of using my housework to try and help build myself up each day so after about a month I was I was in a much better place kind of energy wise Coming back to work mentally, my goodness, that was draining. Like all of the e-learning kind of sat there staring at a computer, trying to remember everything that I was doing before, plus all the changes with, I mean, even without COVID, there's always changes. But with COVID on top of that as well, trying to take that all in, my goodness, that was a, that was a lot. But the team, my boss have been brilliant. The phase return, you know, has been really flexible. So I'm now in a much better position for physically and mentally. I think the worst thing to do mental health wise is to bottle things up. So, and I didn't want to be the type of parent that would bottle things up and show my children, oh no, you, you, you can't show how you feel or you, you know, you can only be happy or whatever. So using language they understand, we try and keep things quite open. Do you think they gave you strength then through this through this process? Oh, definitely. Definitely. From thinking that I wasn't going to see him growing up to know that I'll be all right. It, yeah, it was, it was all about them. And what would you say to anybody who might be going through a similar experience or, or beginning a journey where they've had a diagnosis? What, are there any sort of words of advice or, or words of wisdom you could give to somebody? It's difficult because before... I was ever diagnosed before all of this happened I thought if I, if I ever got a diagnosis of cancer or something like this I would just absolutely crumble but until you go through it you, you really don't know but looking back I think people are stronger than they realize it's just taking one day at a time not putting too much pressure on yourself everyone's journey is different I know of people recently who've had cancer and sadly they they haven't won their battle but they've they still had life to live for the time they had left they still lived it 
you know but really if they say prevention's better than cure like just I've always been one to you know have the smear tests whenever I've been told to um, as soon as I felt the lump I went straight and had it checked out and I mean if I hadn't it would have been a very different story I've, I've no doubt about that so it's just yeah one day at a time keep plodding on be kind to yourself all the all the usual cliches they're they're true there are so many people in worse situations so many people with kind of long-term conditions which are going to deteriorate I'm not in that position I'm lucky so do you think you feel that way because of your your profession and because you work with palliative patients and things like that do you think maybe that's why you have this outlook possibly I mean I've I've always enjoyed working with palliative patients and it always kind of grounds you as to what's important so yeah possibly hadn't thought about that to be honest I do think that you shouldn't forget about the carers because my husband's a nurse I mean even if he wasn't but my husband's a nurse he's used to trying to help fix things and all he could do was watch basically we share things um kind of housework childcare we share things pretty equally anyway but on the days where um I couldn't because I was feeling unwell because the chemo or whatever he, he just ran with it he just did it he didn't put any pressure or anything <laughs> some friends even kept bringing round meals and things to, to take some of the pressure off him so look after the carers because they do a heck of a lot and they've got a lot on their shoulders as well <laughs> Thank you for listening to take a moment with nchc if you've enjoyed this podcast please visit the podcast intranet page to leave a comment and for details of our other episodes you can also follow nchc on all social media channels